Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. So we are in this series called What's the Point? What's the Point? So far we've talked about what's the point of prayer. What is the point of prayer? You know, sometimes we go through things in our life and we pray and we feel like our prayers aren't answered or we don't hear from God or the, the outcome that we expected didn't happen. And so at some, at some point you say, well, what's the point, Lord? What's the point of prayer? And uh, then we talked about what's the point of grace. And we found out in these last couple of weeks that uh, without prayer and without grace, uh, there is nothing else. You know, those are foundational uh, you know, those are foundation stones, and they all lead back to relationship. It's all about relationship, just like we're talking about in Mark chapter 3 when he said, I've appointed you to first be with me. It's all about relationship, and that's what he wants. And so we're in this series called What's the Point? We're going to continue today. You ready for it? All right, let's go. So we're going to be over in First Timothy in just a moment. But one of the things that we know is that God is certainly an almighty God, don't we? He's almighty, he's omnipotent, he's, uh, you know, everywhere, he's omniscient. He is the creator. And he's not just a creator, he is the creator. Come on. The young people, he's not Tyler the creator. He's the creator of all things. Old people, y'all don't know what that means, they know. But he's, he's, he's the creator of all things. He was there before it all began, and he'll be there long after everything that we know ends. He's from eternity past to eternity. Amen. He's the creator. He has no end. And because he has no end, we come to realize that God has an abundance of knowledge. And abundance really isn't the proper word, but abundance of knowledge. His knowledge, there is no end. There's no limits to his knowledge. And this is in stark contrast to you and I with our finite knowledge. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then we shall see face to face. And I know that we've all been disappointed at one time or another, uh, believing one thing and something else actually happened. And after a while, even if you're a Christian, after a while, you do begin to question what's the point. It's not that you don't trust God anymore, or you don't want to be a Christian anymore, or you don't believe in him anymore, but you just begin to wonder what is the point. And I thought that King Solomon was bold enough, a man who had everything. He was bold enough to ask this question over in Ecclesiastes when he said, vanity of vanities, uh, it's all vanity. What profit a man from all his labor which he toils under the sun? And another version put it like this, it said, in my opinion, nothing is worthwhile. This is a man who had everything. He spoke to God and he came to this conclusion that nothing is worthwhile. Everything is futile. For what does a man get for all his hard work? Generations come and go, but it just makes no difference. And so Solomon was a man, a king, the son of David, who was bold enough to approach God and ask the question, what's the point? Please tell me, Lord, what's the point? 
So we've talked about what's the point of prayer, what's the point of grace. Today, I want to talk to you very briefly about what is the point of faith. What's the point of faith? If, if, if grace and prayer are foundation stones, then faith is the portal that, and the bridge that gets us from where we are to God. There is no seeing God. There is no accessing God. There is no hearing from God without faith. Without faith. What's the point of faith? Now, if you look over in 1 Timothy, go over to chapter 5 real quick and um, look at 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8. And Paul told Timothy this. He said, but if anyone does not provide for his own, come on, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the what? Faith. And it is wor and is worse than an unbeliever. I think the King James says infidel. Worse than an infidel. Well, while you're right there in Timothy, I'm going to throw a few scriptures at you. Go back to chapter 4 real quick. Just flip over a page or two. Go back to chapter 4 in 1 Timothy. And let's look at verse 7 in chapter 4. And this is Paul toward the end of his life. And he's writing here to Timothy. And he tells Timothy this, chapter 4, verse 7. He says, I have fought the good fight, finished the race, and I have kept the what? What have I kept? The faith. I have kept the faith. If you haven't provided for your people, especially those of your family, then you've denied the faith. Paul said, I've kept the faith. I fought the good fight, and I've kept the faith. I remember when I was in the army, uh, one of the things that they asked us, they gave us dog tags. And this uh, was, you know, a lot of people think, oh, it's just a symbol, like it's an identification, as if I work for AT&T or T-Mobile or somebody. I have, my, I have my badge that gets me in the place, places. You know, really what dog tags for, were for, Brother Al, was in case you got killed. <laughs> you know, one of the reasons anyway that they would know, they could identify you. And so uh, on that dog tag, they asked you a few things. Obviously, what's your name? Michael Carter, that should be on there so they'll know what my name was. And another thing they asked was your blood type. Because if you're still alive, maybe they need to get some blood to you. So they'll need to know your blood type. But another thing they had on there, what faith are you? Christian, Protestant, or Jew? It was important. What faith? are you so we see that faith can be used in this way sometimes to describe maybe a religion or uh, you know what you believe but I just want to let you know that today as we go through this message we're not using faith in that way and the reason why I want to bring that across is because when we communicate we both have to be understanding the same thing amen and so we're not talking about a type of religion. Are you Islam or are you Christian? Are you Jew? Are you Protestant? Or, you know, what denomination are you when we talk about faith today? That's not the faith that we're talking about. Bible faith is what we're going to get into. And so here's what, there are many definitions, just like of love. I've talked about that before. And also people uh, have many definitions of faith, believing or speaking or whatever it may be. Here's a definition of faith. Uh, that I believe kind of wraps it up, and that is that faith is the belief and confession of God's word, watch this now, with corresponding action. 
Because James said, faith without works is dead. It's not faith. The belief in your heart and confession with your mouth of God's word with corresponding action. Because faith is the key to activating the power of God which he has given to us as believers. Now I know that everybody has some level of faith. We've heard many illustrations that even if you don't believe in God, if you walk into a room and you go sit down on a chair, you have faith that that chair is going to hold you. So you believe something. But this morning we're talking about Bible faith. The persuasion of the mind that a certain statement is true and you can't deny it and no one can sway you one way or the other. That's the kind of faith that we're talking about. The primary idea to this Bible faith is trust. It is trust. You must trust God. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. You know, you believe a thing is true and therefore it's worthy of trust. We know that faith is not a feeling or an emotion. And thank God it's not just that. Because my faith would be all over the place if it was just a feeling or emotion. Come on. Faith is not just a chant, an empty chant that you say something three or four times and it will be true as if it's magic. Faith is not willpower. If I just believe hard enough, it will come true. No, that's, that's not what faith is. Also, faith is not a movement. We, we you know, the, the, in, in Christianity, uh, it, it's been called the faith movement or some kind of a wave, as if it goes up and down. Now we're in a different wave. Maybe there's a wave of grace, and now there's a wave of faith, and there's a wave of something else. Faith is not a wave or a movement. Faith has always been here, and faith will always be here. Come on. Faith is not a movement, and faith is certainly not a religion, not the Bible faith that we're talking about. So what's the point of it then? What is the point of faith? Let me have you flip over to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. We're talking about what is the point of it. Why should I have faith? Why should I believe? What is it? What does it mean? Romans chapter 3, you have it, say I have it, okay, some couple of us have it, Romans chapter 3, look at verse, one verse, verse 27, says this, says, where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Law of works? No, but the what? But the what? law of faith. Look at that. Faith is a law. Faith is a law. Just like gravity is a law. Faith is a law just like gravity is a law and I would dare anyone in here to test the law of gravity. Test the law of gravity. Now you might not believe in the law of gravity. You might say the law of gravity is false. Those people that believe in the law of gravity are fools. I don't know why they put their trust in gravity, that when they walk outside, their feet will stay on the ground. But I bet if you test it, you'll find out how true it is. The Bible says that faith is a law. Faith is a law. Now, if you don't know the law, you don't know how to activate it. 
years and years ago, there were a couple of brothers. You might remember them. Uh, They had sort of a dream themselves, and they, uh, in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, right? You know these brothers? Wright brothers, right? And uh, they discovered another law. I told you, I dare you to test the law of gravity. Well, they did test the law of gravity, but they used another law that was already in place, a law called the law of aerodynamics. The law of aerodynamics says that uh, if you, you can, you're able to take something up in the air and remain there for amount of time. Now, the law of aerodynamics has always been here, just like the law of gravity and the law of faith. It was just undiscovered. The law of aerodynamics was here in the Garden of Eden, just undiscovered. In fact, people saw it in action, just didn't know what it was because they saw birds fly. Come on. Birds were flying, so there must be a law there at work. But if you don't know the law is there, you don't know how to activate it until it's discovered. Faith is the same way. Faith is the most important law that a born-again Christian can learn. It's not a feeling it's, it's, it's a, or an emotion. It's a divine law. Come on. It's the portal whereby we can access the things that we need in the spirit realm. We can't see them with our physical eyes. But faith gets us there. Faith gets us there. And I want to tell you something this morning. A lot of us feel like faith is simply believing. Believing is faith. Well, it's part of it, but believing is not altogether faith. And I'll show you this because if, if, I, if I took my car keys here and I go out to my car and I, I, I believe that if I put these keys in the ignition and turn it, my car will start. I believe it. I can go stand on the hood of my car and announce, if I put these keys in the car and turn it, it will start. But the car will never start until I get in and put the keys in the car and start them. So you can believe something, but without the corresponding action, it never activates. It never activates. I can have a car, a toaster, a coffee maker, an Xbox, a computer, whatever it is. If it's not plugged into the electricity, I can believe all I want to, that that thing is working. But it's, but it's not activated. See, faith is God's activator, folks. You can't get saved without it. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you are saved through what? Come on. Faith. Faith. Can't get healed without it. Because several times Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. He didn't say my touch has made you whole. He didn't say a magic formula has made you whole. He said your faith has made you whole. You can't please God without it. Hebrews 11:6. for it is impossible, Im- impossible to please God. Nothing you can do to please him without faith. What's the point of faith? Come on, somebody. You can't resist the enemy without it. Because if you remember, and this is what I want to pray at the end of service today. If you remember, Jesus was on his way to the cross. And Peter was about to deny him. And Jesus told Peter, you're about to deny me. And this is what he told him. 
He said, listen, Satan has asked for you. That's what he said. Read it, Luke chapter 22. He said, Satan, Peter, has asked for you. But I prayed. He didn't say I came against Satan and told him no. He didn't, he didn't say I'm going to uh, give you a certain garment that will protect you from Satan. You know what he told him? He said, I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. That's what Jesus did. That's what he did. He prayed that his faith wouldn't fail. You cannot resist the enemy without faith. Without faith. And you can't know God without faith. You know him. Because it's by faith, Hebrews 11.3 says, that we know that God created the universe. Read it. It's by faith, not by teaching, by faith that we know these things. What's the point of faith? We absolutely have to have it. So what's so important about it? Let me just give you a couple of things. First of all, faith allows you to have input on your tomorrow. Faith allows you. God is sovereign. Come on. God is sovereign. God knows all things. God is in eternity. God has a purpose and plan for your life all laid out. He has all of that. God loves you. God knows all of your mistakes. He knows the mistakes that you'll make this week. And he still loves you. God is in eternity. All of those things are true. But God has set it up so that you have input on your tomorrow. God provided a door for salvation, but we have to walk through that door with our faith. Luke 7, 47 says this. He said, therefore, I say to you, her sins, he just healed a woman, but he also said her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. He said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this that even forgives sins? Watch what he says. He said, to the woman, your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go in peace. Now, faith also leaves us without an excuse. Because God provided it for us. I remember reading Martin Luther uh, one time, and he said, God set it up so that faith is everything. So that those who have it have everything, and those who don't have it have nothing. Martin Luther said that. That's the way God set it up. And it leaves you without an excuse. If you know the Lord Jesus this morning, then you have faith. You know Romans 12, 3. Since for I say through the grace given unto me that every man, this is Paul talking, that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly according as God has dealt everyone the measure of faith. You have been dealt a measure of faith. Can your faith grow? Sure. Can you strengthen your faith? Sure, you absolutely can. But you don't have an excuse because you have it. You have it. All you have to do is activate it. You have it. You have it, so we don't have an excuse, but the good thing is, not only do we not have an excuse, but no one can stop you. The enemy can't stop you, your boss can't stop you, your friends can't stop you, your family can't stop you, your situation can't stop you, your gender can't stop you, your color can't stop you, how much hair you have can't stop you. 
Come on. <laughs> no one can stop you because God has given you the measure of faith, the measure of faith. Matthew 17, 19 says this. It says, the disciples came to Jesus privately. You might remember this story. And they said, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because, because of your unbelief. He said, because for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing shall be impossible for you. No, no one can stop you. I know he went on to say, this kind doesn't come out, but by prayer and fasting. Now, I'm talking about faith. We, we understand that we have to have a relationship with God. We already talked about praying. We talked about his grace. There are times when God is going to call you to fast. So all of that has to be together. But he said, you're, because of your faith, nothing, no thing will be impossible to you. Getting out of debt, overcoming sin, mending a relationship, getting a good job, buying a good house, whatever it might be, fulfilling your calling, whatever it is in your life that God has called you to, all of his promises in the New Testament, nothing shall be impossible to you because of your faith. You have input in your tomorrow. You have input. God set it up that way. You have input in your tomorrow. The second thing is faith allows you to overcome. It allows you to overcome. Come on, being a child of God makes you an overcomer. Now we find ourselves in situations. And listen, I'm not here to preach condemnation this morning. I'm not telling you that if you're in a bad situation, whether it's financial or job or whatever, you know, caught up in that thing that so easily besets us, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Listen, I'm not telling you that you don't have faith because you're there, but I am telling you this. Your faith, lack of faith may not have got you in the situation, but it is your faith that will definitely get you out of it. Hallelujah. It is your strong faith that will get you out of it. Come on. Why is faith so important? What's the point of it? It allows you to overcome. 1 John 5, 4 says, for whatever is born of God, whatever, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That's everything in it. That's all those things. Overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Watch this. Our faith. Our faith. You might want to jot down 1 John 5, 4. What overcomes the world? Our faith. You want to be an overcomer? Faith. Faith. In the New Living Translation, it says, for every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. Faith is the bridge. Come on, faith is our access. Understand that just because you find yourself in a situation doesn't mean you don't have faith. Might not be your lack of faith that got you there. Come on. Oh, but it is the strength of your faith that will take you across that bridge. It's the strength of your faith. Now, I have, to, I have to throw this in there because that scripture says that if you're a born-again child of God, then you overcome the world. And I just want you to know, this is not a condemnation. This is an opportunity to fix it. Everyone is not a child of God. I, mean, I, I grew up hearing that. You know, we're all children of God. We're all children of God. It's a nice saying. It's, it's nice to hear. We were all created by God, but that doesn't make us children of God. Does it make us children of God? 
Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Are you a peacemaker, Christians? Are you a peacemaker, not a, not a peacekeeper. A peacemaker. Are you a peacemaker? But John 1, 12 puts it lovely. It says, but as many as have received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who what? Believe in his name. To those who receive him. So you have to receive him. You have to receive him. That's the work that you need to do. You don't have to jump through any hoops. You don't have to do certain things. You don't have to memorize certain chants. Or you don't even have to memorize scripture. It's a good thing to do to memorize scripture. But if you haven't memorized scripture, guess what? You're okay. You're all right. You have to receive God. Because if God has your heart, he'll have everything else. I guarantee you, if God has your heart, the Holy Spirit will bring scriptures back to you that you didn't even know that you knew in situations where you need them. Come on. He has your heart. Third thing is faith only comes through Jesus. So we're building on something here. Faith only comes through Jesus. And Jesus is the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? Word of God. The word of God, the word of God, the rhema of God. It's the only way that we receive faith and we have to seek God's word. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, of our faith. It's the only way you have it. So uh, I know people, especially in this town, may not want me to talk this way. And I don't know if I'll get in trouble for it or not, but... Uh, According to the Bible, faith only comes by the word of God, Jesus Christ being the word of God, because it just said looking unto Jesus. It didn't say looking unto some creator out in the heavens. It didn't say looking unto, uh, you know, a higher being. It said looking unto Jesus, very specific, who is the author and finisher of our faith. So if you're of another religion, then you don't have true faith. I mean, all I can do is preach the word to you. Because it's about Jesus. There is no other name under the sun by which men may be saved other than the name of Jesus. It is the name of Jesus. Come on. He's the author and finisher of your faith. And then lastly, here's what we have to understand. Here's what it comes to, folks. All of these things about faith. We have to understand. If you don't get anything, get this. That faith is a lifestyle, not a diet. Faith is just not a diet that we're going to try to see if we can lose some weight, see if I could just get a car one time or get healed just this one time. It's not a movement. It's not a one-time meeting type of thing. Faith is a lifestyle. Romans 1.17 says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, to faith as it is written the just or the justified those who have been made righteous if you received God Romans 12 3 you've had you have that measure of faith then you just don't receive a measure of faith to store it up or to put it on the shelf it says the just shall live live that means you move have your being by faith 
Now, my, my question to you is this, the just shall live by faith. Let me just ask a question. How many hours of the day and night do you live? How many? All 24. How many days of the week do you live? All seven of them. If there was eight, we live eight of them. How many days of the year? 365. Come on. You always live, sometimes 366, like this year. Whatever it is. Even when you sleep, you live in. It says the just shall live by faith. Faith isn't something we take off the shelf, put on, and use. It's who we are. I live and walk by faith. The Living Bible puts it this way in Romans 1.17. It says, this good news tells us that God makes us ready for heaven. He makes us right in his sight. And when we put our faith and trust in Christ to save us, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, the man who finds life will find it through trusting in God and his faith and his faith. Another version says, for the gospel reveals how God puts people right with himself. It is through faith from beginning to end. As the scripture says, the person who is put right with God through faith shall live. We live by faith. We live by faith. And so remember our definition of faith. It's first believing. Believing in what? Believing in God. He's a person. We believe in him. And then we speak it. What are you speaking? You can believe one thing in your heart and cancel out everything by speaking something different. By, and I'm not talking about denying that your knee hurts. Oh, my knee doesn't hurt. Yes, your knee hurts. But the scripture says, I'm healed in Jesus' name. So what are you doing? All day long are you saying my knee? And that's all you're saying? My knee hurts. My knee hurts. I, my knee hurts. My knee hurts. Yes, my knee hurts. My knee hurts. Go get something to eat. I can't. My knee hurts. Let's go bowling. I can't because my knee hurts. You want to drive somewhere? No. My knee hurts. I was going to watch TV, but my knee hurts. It's distracting me. My knee hurts. That's all you concentrating on is your knee hurt? There's a thing called the Bible. <laughs> Come on. And it's in it, it has the word of God. And you can be healed by faith. So not only believe it, but speak it. Speak the word. Don't deny your knee hurts, but say, my knee hurts, but I know that God not only is a healer, but God himself is healing. And not only is he able, but he's willing to heal me. And I'm just going to believe that I'm healed in Jesus' name. So we must speak it. And then we have to have corresponding action. You can believe one thing, you can speak one thing, and do something totally different. Do something totally different, and you cancel out everything else. You cancel it out. So because faith is a lifestyle, and because our faith only increases because of hearing the word of God, we cannot possess that faith, folks, that we're supposed to have without a relationship with God. Isn't it something how it all comes back to that? Without a relationship with God, we cannot possess that faith. Remember your first calling is to be with him. Don't go to somebody else to try to get a formula for faith. What are the, I know I gave you four things about faith today, but I'm telling you there's not 12 steps to faith. Go be with God. Read the word, be with God and pray. That's how your faith will increase. Hear the word of God. What are you listening to? Come on. 
What are you listening to? Uh, you know, I, I, I know, you know, new albums come out all the time and new TV shows come out. and I got to watch my TV show and, uh, you know, something's going on at work. What are you listening to all the time? I mean, is your, is your word Fox News and MSNBC? Is your word uh, the water cooler at work? What is your word? Or is your word the word of God? Is your word the word of God? Put that in you more than you put other things in you. Come on. Fill up with that. Fill up with it. And the problem with faith is not that we don't understand some formula that's out there, but it's that we don't know the one in whom we are to have the faith. Some people are trying to get a God to do something for them that they don't speak to, that they don't worship, that they don't pray to, that they don't talk about, uh, that they don't, their heart is not toward, that they don't want to know. Some people are trying to get some God to do something for them, and they don't even know him. They don't even know him. I mean, go try to get someone uh, to, to invest in you. You got a good idea? Go, go try to get someone to invest in you. You know what they're going to do? It's not about your idea. You might have a great idea. But they got to know you, your character, your integrity. Are you going to see it through? I need to know you. If it's a good idea, I still need to know you. People invest in people they know and trust. Do you know the Lord this morning? Do you know him? Come on. We don't worship him. But we need to understand that miracles begin with relationship.